0: FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I could at the time, there was no Welcome back everyone, 904 of the Time final hour for us today here on this monday edition of sports 56 mornings hope you had a spectacular weekend getting ready for the big game this sunday the chiefs and 49ers for all the marbles greg gaston eli savoy brian dake now sitting in for the final hour producing for us as zach is off to do a little talk over at east high school we wish him well uh, always uh great to have any of our personalities appear at your schools and things of that manner and if uh, you are interested uh, for the future. Not just schools, but obviously any kind of uh, get-togethers that you guys have. Uh, just let us know over here at Sports 56. Weather-wise, looks like a very nice day today. Sunny, currently 44. We're looking at a high of 57. Few clouds tonight with a low near 36 degrees. How
1: nice was it Friday and Saturday?
0: Oh, man. That's when you want Maybe, to be playing golf, and I unfortunately uh, m- could not be.
1: I played Friday and wish i could have played saturday too i just man makes me come on get get spring here again get get spring here get oh those are just makes me want to got, want to get to spring badly had a
0: um like grandparents day on on friday that's why i missed work <clears throat> excuse me so i was busy with my uh my granddaughter uh throughout the day saturday went over with the grandkids to a uh, mardi gras parade over at uh st louis church that was fun the weather was beautiful got a i didn't even get that nippy at night so it was nice and then of course we got a little bit of rain yesterday i'm going to the real mardi gras
1: this weekend though good luck heading down to new orleans something i've never done something i never will do something i don't care to do i did a
0: live shot from mardi gras one year that i was covering the tigers years ago that was crazy but well, we actually we we put a bid in for this Mardi Gras party, end up winning it, and it's uh, at the friend at the uh, a friend's house, a mutual friend of ours' house. So I'm looking forward to going down there uh, this weekend. I'll be back for the Super Bowl and a Super Bowl party. So it's going to be a very very busy week.
1: As much as I love New Orleans, they can I, I have no desire, especially not now. Maybe when I was. 21 I could have done it but not now. now it's just it's way too many people way too many people for
0: well me. I'll be honest with you it was not something I wanted to do but my wife I didn't even know she bid on the thing she wanted so we're going that's that's the way it is but Brian
1: are you a Mardi Gras person
2: uh, I've never been to Mardi Gras one of my buddies was like yeah my parents are down at Mardi Gras right now and I was like oh is that going on right now so I, I don't even know when it is <laughs> I don't I don't know much about Mardi Gras I'm not a Mardi Gras person
0: yeah it's uh, it's pretty yeah like I said I did a live shot one time during the Mardi Gras it was not the main parades, but it you know, it's like two, what is it? Like two weeks of mm-hmm. parades. Yeah. And that was crazy. That was a smaller one. So, uh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be nuts this weekend. 9:30 Butch Jones will be joining us on the program, Arkansas State football coach. We're bringing Butch on to talk about his relationship with Travis Kelsey as we get set for the big game this Sunday. He coached him for 3 of his 4 years at the University of Cincinnati. It's a big week in college football. They have the college football management committee meetings this week. Several topics will be discussed, including the number of playoff teams for the future and the distribution of revenue and access in college football. Now, we know that there's a 12-team playoff the next two years, but that's all we know. So we don't know where they go from there. i uh, not saying anything is decided upon this week, but at least those discussions will be taking place. In the meantime, last week you had the news, I'm not sure if that came down on Friday, Eli, about the Big Ten and the SEC, that they will partner to address college issues. And there are a lot of college issues, but it's starting to more and more and more feel like that Big Ten SEC mega conference breakaway. They're not including the Big 12. They're not including the ACC. Obviously, the Pac 12 is no longer. It's those two on what appears to be a collision course to get away from everybody.
1: Yes, indeed. It's what I still believe will happen, but I believe how long that's where this was headed.
0: The question is, if it does head that way, will all the schools in those two conferences survive, or could there be movement as far as within the conferences? In other words, could they kick out a couple of schools and replace them with others or not replace them at all? But that's still... Uh, A long way to go. That's right now just uh, in the speculation stage. You also had the Tennessee Attorney General firing back at the NCAA a day after the filing took place with this lawsuit that's going on after the NCAA talked about, um, obviously, putting the University of Tennessee um, under, I guess it wouldn't be investigation, but certainly the um, The NCAA infraction. Yeah, I was right the first time, the NCAA Uh, infractions that they're alleged to have done in the name, image, and likeness compensation. That whole thing has gotten really crazy. Not a surprise whatsoever. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti said in a Sunday filing that he is defending a world that doesn't exist. In other words, there was no rules, there was no regulations, and they went ahead and did what they thought was right for the players themselves. Of course, they were doing what was right for the school. Uh, he's speaking on behalf of, I guess, in this situation, the University of Tennessee. You heard the chancellor who has come out and defended Tennessee, but they're not the only ones. Virginia and their AG is also uh, combined with the AG at um, in the state of Tennessee to fight the NCAA. The NCAA, again, uh, saying, no, no, we, you guys made the rules and now you're not adhering to them. And they're saying, what rules? What are you talking about? So this thing will um, get hotter before it cools down. It's a war versus the NCAA. There's always been a war versus the NCAA. Um, all right. Mentioned this before we went to the break. Dan Patrick's show asking the question. Bryant Dacus, I'll ask you because I know where he stands. Have the Kansas City Chiefs or maybe the Patriots during the dynasty, has anybody overtaken the Cowboys to be America's team? Can we still consider a team that has not been in the Super Bowl since the 90s? America's team.
2: Well, Greg, uh, the Cowboys are always America's team in my heart. Oh, is know? that your team, too? Oh, jeez. Oh, you know, they played in a stadium that had a hole in the center of it so God could look <laughs> down and watch his team, Greg. I mean, you can't change that. If God loves your team, can't change it. Why, why are you
0: it. a Cowboys fan? My dad's a Cowboys fan.
2: So okay. I, was, I was raised that. Okay. Why, why, why do you think there are fan? so many
1: Cowboys fans <laughs> around here? Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's America's team! That's right. Thank you. I mean,
2: <laughs> spot on.
1: I, mean, I don't
0: know. I mean, Memphis, I'm trying to think. Let's see, you had... You had St. Louis for a while there, mm-hmm. so that's closer than Dallas. New mm-hmm. Orleans is closer.
2: Yeah,
0: Atlanta is closer, I think, by a smidge, right? Sure. yeah. So there are teams in closer proximity, so I can't just say it's because of proximity. Obviously, Dallas had a great run. We know they had a great run, and they kind of force-fed us that America's team crap. But now, I don't know. Kansas City, I'll tell you what. I appreciate Kansas City. Just like I appreciated New England. Never liked New England. They always battled the Colts, but never liked them. But you have to appreciate greatness. You have to appreciate, I think, greatness here with the Kansas City Chiefs. But if they win again, and maybe even if they don't win, I think people are sick of them if you're not a Kansas City fan. And now you throw in Taylor and all that stuff, I think they're even more sick of them. So I don't know. Dallas became America's team before people got tired of them. See, right now, if you want to try to take that – that crown away, you can't have people turning on you. And I don't think there are as many people that they probably believe when they pose a question like that, that love the Kansas city chiefs or love the new England Patriots, because they're now when you, when you become the dynasty that you are, people want to take you down and all the shenanigans, all the commercials, all the Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid and everybody on those, you get sick of it. You just get sick and tired. But for this weekend, and we'll make our picks later on in the week, um, I want Kansas City to win. I just, I love, I love watching my homes. I love what he's doing and I love his story. How about his dad getting arrested? You read that over the weekend? Come on, Pat Sr.
1: What are you doing? Celebrating a little early. Celebrating a lot early. <laughs> he must, he must, be, must be figuring it's going to happen. So he's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna, it's going to be a whole week long deal. So we've talked about everything that's happened
0: in the world of sports over the weekend, including Liv, including the Pro Bowl restore. Including the Pro Bowl, they had the hockey All Star Game. Right? We didn't even mention the hockey All Star Game. Team Matthews
2: with a huge win. Team yeah. Matthews huge, absolutely. Uh, I watched a little even bit of do that. that. I don't even. How do they, they do the NHL? Down. Yeah, so all-star they game. they do it. Uh, they like they draft teams, and it's like a three on three, and so they have four teams of like eight or nine guys, and then you have three on. The oh, it's a four team. Mm. It's tournament. like a so you okay. start in the semifinals, and then you know advance and stuff like that.
0: And then, of course, they have the skills competition sure. and all that yeah. stuff as well, and. Who was not that won for like the uh McDavid? Connor McDavid yeah, won for um, yeah,
2: I think McDavid always is uh like four straight year fan yeah. the
0: fastest dude, my yeah, god. He's incredible. So we talked about all these other sports, talked about everything except for NASCAR got underway. For all you motorheads out there. NASCAR got underway. They had what they call the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. I think it's. Is this the second or maybe the third year in a row that they've had? It? I think it's the third. I third know they had it room. last year, but I think they had it two in years the together. Coliseum. Mm-hmm. They had the clash and Denny Hamlin.
1: Maybe we could turn the Mid South Coliseum into a NASCAR track. Ooh, I love that!
0: Really short track, but yes, why not? Uh, but anyway, Denny Hamlin, friend of the show, who's been with on, on with us a couple of times after he won the Daytona 500 twice, was on with us. We love that that relationship with FedEx, and he ended up winning the uh, the race, which is. The precursor, if you will, for the great American race, the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl of NASCAR, which will happen in two weeks. You also have a month in February where you have the NFL Combine. You have pitchers and catchers reporting with spring training beginning later on in the month. You have the NBA All-Star Weekend. Something called the Super Bowl, right? So, Brian,
1: to get us back onto something that means something. You like NASCAR. You want to talk about the... the, the what was it, Crash of the Coliseum? Or <laughs> the crash of the, the Coliseum. If it, was, if it was somebody crashing into the Mid-South Coliseum something. and knocking it yeah. down, then I want to talk about it. I don't care about anything else at any other Coliseum th- dealing with cars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, because we don't get a chance, but, and I don't want to ruin anything, for. but it's later on. The Tigers. Oh, yeah. Do you believe they discovered something? Or was this just David Jones was great down the stretch and it didn't correct any of the ills, they just won a game because he was that good?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think the latter. I think, uh, you know, there was – I know they got down by double digits and they were down double digits even in the second half, kind of late in the second half. But I really thought they were going to win the game the entire time just because Wichita State was shooting the ball so poorly. And so I thought Memphis would be able to come back. I thought if they can make some shots, you know, they get some energy. There was a, a pretty good crowd there. On uh, on Saturday, and so yeah, I mean David Jones has been so good. You get him the ball, and, and most most likely he's going to make a play. So I, I don't think it was really more finding anything. Maybe this win. I was I was talking a lot last week. I know like. Mainly in baseball, you know if you 're on a losing streak, you know one win can do so much to fixing things, so you know maybe they found something in terms of, of just getting getting off that losing streak and getting the win so I never thought they were going to win that game yeah.
0: they 're down fourteen with seven fifty five to play and the way it had gone recently, and they, they can't mm-hmm. now the rice game the game I called they 're up yeah. when they took that lead and they went up by three. I thought for sure they were winning that game. See, I
2: was the exact opposite. Really? I thought Rice was playing so well fundamentally and they were making shots that I was like, even with this lead, I'm worried that they're gonna lose this game. And then for some reason against Wichita State, just they were shooting the ball so poorly and, and just I felt like they were gonna go on some stretch that they wouldn't be able to, to make a basket. And so I'm the exact opposite of you. I felt good on Saturday, did not feel good against Rice.
0: What did, what did you think about these two things? One, we talked about Tigers nauseam in the first hour and oh, took man. calls and texts, but uh, David Jones not double-teamed at all. Yeah, they did wild. not deny him the ball yeah. at all. Which Wichita State wins that game mm-hmm. if they just do a better job in denying him the ball. Easier said than done. Sure. The other thing, Malco didn't play during that stretch. Yeah. yeah. Now, that I don't think it was disciplinary or anything yeah. like that, but what what was it that you that you saw that they didn't like where the matchup didn't work with Malco and they took him out and they went with Tomlin Jordan? for the most part. Yeah,
2: it's interesting. I think um, I went to the game with, with Jay Morgan and so we were talking a lot about, about different things um, that were happening on the court and uh, he mentioned to me very early in the game of like Wichita State just not does not have the size to compete with Memphis. That Memphis is so long, so big, and Wichita State just did not have a lot of big guys. Uh, other than that big 15 that they yes. had, he was a very big guy um, but, but really struggled um, at times. But I just felt like you know they felt like they were in kind of desperation mode, really needed baskets, felt like they could compete with them um, without having to have a ton of size out there and, and wanted to get you know some guys that could really light it up out there and, and that's why I felt like they did.
0: All right, so Temple on Thursday, then Tulane on Super Bowl Sunday at home at North Texas at SMU, Charlotte at home, Florida Atlantic in Memphis, East Carolina on the road, UAB at home, Florida Atlantic on the road. We were talking about um, Pomeroy, Ken Palm. Out of the remaining nine, he's got to lose in four.
2: Oh, yikes.
0: I mean, you're, you lose. What do you think they can do
2: right now and still be being at large? Oh, man. It's tough. I think, uh, I think I saw Parth yesterday maybe tweet out about it and he said that he thinks the worst they can do is split. I think they have two quad one games remaining. He said if they split that and win out, then they're good. But yeah, it's maybe I think more than two losses in and, and, and you're completely out. Yeah,
0: unless you fall on your face in the conference tournament yeah, yeah. and lose early. So I think he's right. I think if if you split with Florida Atlantic, right, winning mm-hmm. at home, yeah. losing on the road and winning all the rest Getting to the conference finals, I can't believe we're even talking about Crazy. that. That they're in that situation, Greg.
2: I was looking at nit bracketology on Friday. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was just playing Boise State. In Where the they first got round. Where they got them in there? Uh, it's uh, I think playing Boise State. Boise State's a two seed, and so you know on the road. Tough <laughs> do game. you?
0: I, I mean, I'm I'm serious when I ask this question, and I don't have a problem either way.
2: But do you accept a bid? I, I, I it would be. It would be rough. Uh, I don't know if you do or you don't. I it would be. I don't think a lot of people would be happy if you go to the NIT. At well, all. you
0: got a lot of guys who are playing in that one and done year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably want to get the hell out of Dodge, oh, yeah. right? There, there's no commitment to, to Memphis. There's no allegiance, uh, allegiance to Memphis. And then, can you imagine? You know, you're, you're hosting the first round of the NIT. You're taking on Semo or yeah, something, and you got yeah. and you like lose or so. I I don't know, but then again, I could CMA's also Semo's
1: not going to make the NIT.
2: The CBI. <laughs> <terrible>. I'm <laughs> just kidding. They're they terrible. I, I'm talking about a,
0: you know a sized school <laughs> right. like that, but you know I could also see where hey, you want to play? You want? Memphis has always been like that. Sure. Whether the whole city, like the Grizzlies, still play hard, even though they got like like. No disrespect to your basketball game, but you're playing for them. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I go but, out there and get ten. But they play hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah.
0: People say you, you kind of um, to uh, fly the the white flag here and surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they don't have to do it purposely because they're doing it just by That's the lack right. of talent they have. Yeah. But they always play hard. It's just like the Tigers would probably accept the bid. But right now, I would say, man, I don't know. Going from tenth in the nation, if you don't make the tournament, doesn't mean they won't. But they got a long road to ho- road to hoe.
1: Uh, we got a text from Raider Corey. Uh, he says, "Let's be honest, Penny has underperformed as a coach to this point. I love my school, I love my job, etc. But there is accountability to everything. This program can't start accepting mediocrity." That's absolutely right. Well, they are.
2: Yeah,
1: and they have. I mean, they are accepting it right now. It's been six years of that. Well, the last two years they went to the tournament, so
0: you thought they were turning the corner, and then. Unfortunately, they blew it last year against Florida Atlantic. But you look at that and go, okay, Florida Atlantic goes to the Final Four. We had them. We had a defensive lapse. That sucks. But his teams have been playing better later in the season. The last couple of years they go to the tournament, so they're moving in the right direction. And then this year, you get out to the start you got out to, and you're number 10 in the nation. Nobody's even talking about, oh, there's a problem with Penny and his coaching, and uh, maybe they need to make a change. And then all of a sudden they hit the skids here to start this conference, especially when it's a watered down conference in everybody's I think I think the numbers back it up. But we had a car earlier. Was like hey, criticizing the conference? It's not a great conference, and the numbers would dictate that. Maybe a little better than what we just, first just thought. Just
1: to get, I, I, I even just find me the big non-conference wins. Find me who yeah, this yeah. conference has beaten other than Florida Atlantic or Memphis. Find me anybody else that's had a good win a non-conference. Again, you could be just because you're beating up on the other bad teams in your conference or whatever. Find me that anybody that did anything in the non-conference of those teams.
0: Yeah, I mean this this will show you how bad um the conference is is by the fact that Memphis is 10th in the country, they lose a few in the conference and they go right down the crapper. Whereas you lose a few in the SEC, you lose a few mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, you don't get hit the way you're hitting the American conference. That's not only
1: perception, that's reality. I mean, who's, who has North Texas beat? Who North Texas beat non-conference? SMU, Charlotte, all these like, things. They, they didn't right. beat anybody in the non-conference. Right. The, the, the conference isn't good. It's just that Memphis and Florida Atlantic haven't dominated the conference where they are. That doesn't mean all those other teams are better. That probably just means Memphis and Florida Atlantic aren't as good. Which I never really thought Florida Atlantic was that great to begin with.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a combination. But I, I certainly understand that. I still think Florida Atlantic is capable, and I still think Memphis is capable. It's just right now they're in the rut so bad that I don't know how you get out of it to be able to put a winning streak together where you would take uh, what end up being taking nine of your
1: last ten. I just don't see that. Valentine's Day just around the corner. It's a week from Wednesday, and the folks over at Genesis Diamonds for the day have a deal for you at Genesis. Go see the folks at Genesis Diamonds. Check out the amazing selection of jewelry. Maybe you're thinking about popping the question for Valentine's Day. they got an amazing selection of engagement rings for any budget out there. They've got the engagement ring for you. All different shapes, sizes, everything you can imagine, they've got it for you. If it's not an engagement ring, just any other ring, pendants, earrings, necklaces whatever any kind of jewelry you're looking for any budget you're looking for they've got you taken care of at genesis diamonds with a great staff there to help you it's not working on commission so they're not there to pressure you they're just there to help you and right now for valentine's day you go buy that jewelry over at genesis diamonds they're throwing in the chocolates the flowers and the dinner for free yeah that's right you buy the jewelry over at genesis diamonds for valentine's day they're throwing in chocolates flowers and a gift card for dinner at restaurant iris for free genesis diamonds poplar and perkins extended go see them for your valentine's day
0: brandon marcello friend of the show says missouri received a 62 million dollar donation from an anonymous supporter largest donation in mizzou athletics history 50 million will go to memorial stadium renovations the rest will go to the tiger fund program maybe they can give it to the Memphis Tiger fund program but my point is if I'm donating 62 million dollars I'm making sure they know who the hell it came from I'm not going anonymous on that one you got it from me, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, if you missed it earlier, the Memphis Showboat schedule is out for 2024. We'll go over that. And Butch Jones will join us, Arkansas State head football coach, to talk about his relationship with Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
2: Me, yeah, she me, Welcome yeah, back, everyone. Yeah. Butch Jones will join us
0: here in just a few moments, the Arkansas State head football coach. Tomorrow on the program, Laird Veach will join us. He'll step in for Jeff Crane, Talks of Memphis athletics, plus Connor O'Gara, Zoe Goodson from Rhodes, all coming up tomorrow on the show. We mentioned this uh, at the outset of our broadcast today because it dropped at about 7.02. The UFL schedule is out, finally, for the 2024 season. That means the Memphis Showboats schedule is out, and uh, they will open up with three out of their first four games on the road. They will take on the Arlington Renegades. Actually, they'll take on the Birmingham Stallions on Saturday, March 30th. They will play. As-
1: they will not play Birmingham
0: on. The- no, I'm looking at the full. I'm looking at the whole UFL schedule. Oh my gosh, let me let me. You got it in front of you. I do not. Okay, hang on one second. I got the whole darn schedule. I don't want that. I just want the darn showboats here. Here we go. It's the Reneg. It's the Roughnecks. On March 31st, on the road, so that's at Houston. Then on the 6th, they got San Antonio at home. So that's their home opener. April 6th, the showboats at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium against San Antonio. On the 13th, they'll play at Birmingham, the two-time defending USFL champions. Now, of course, it's just the UFL with the merge between the two, XFL and USFL. They'll play at St. Louis on April 20th. Maybe that'll become a big rivalry. The Showboats and the Battlehawks. St. Louis has drawn really, really well in their uh, return to football, pro football in St. Louis. Michigan Panthers on April 28th at home. Birmingham on May 4th at home. Then the Showboats go to Arlington on May 11th. At Michigan, May 18th. The D.C. Defenders on the 26th at home. And then Houston at home. So their final two games will be at home.
1: And hopefully for them this year, maybe the postseason. Folks, the original Memphis beer is back. Goldcrest Fifty One will be hitting the shelves of stores, and you find it in bars starting today. You can ask for your uh, ask for Goldcrest Fifty One at whatever your favorite beer place is. It's being made locally once again here by Soul and Spirits Brewery. Goldcrest Fifty One, the original Memphis beer, back today around the city of Memphis.
0: Brian, we won't get a chance to talk to you. I don't want to have you give it away because I'm sure Brett will ask you for score and stats and everything like that as far as the Super Bowl is concerned. But um, which way are you leaning, or is there a way you're rooting? Uh, or do you care that you're a Cowboys fan?
2: Yeah, I'm not really rooting for anybody. I'm just rooting for everyone to have fun out there. Um, but I think... Uh, I <laughs> Everybody think, have fun. Be yeah, careful. Really. And be safe out there. Exactly. I think uh, I, I'm leaning the 49ers right now only because... The the Vegas line right now Just keeps on going In the 49ers favor And it seems like Everyone I've talked to Is back in the Chiefs And so I feel like Vegas might know something And so for that reason I'm kind of leading The 49ers
1: Smart, smart thinking Thank you Smart thinking right there It is I mean because if you do listen to a lot of that, it's, it's almost as if people they're begging you to take the Chiefs.
2: Exactly, and there's got to be. I mean, it's the biggest game of the year for Vegas, and they they've got to know something. So I'm leaning the 49ers right now.
1: Of course, if uh, my buddy John Roser, who's a big 49ers fan, he believes the NFL's out to make sure the Chiefs uh-huh. win the game because Patrick Mahomes is now the the uh, the loved one. He's uh-huh. taken over for Tom Brady as the one that the NFL <laughs> the 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 favorite son, and so they're going to do everything they can to make sure the Chiefs win the game.
0: Well, you know what? I I think there's some truth to that, but I do think, like I said earlier, that if Kansas City keeps winning the way they're winning, they don't win every Super Bowl, but get Mm -hmm. to the Super Bowls, there's going to be a lot of um, people that um, have an issue with that. People don't like dynasties, they don't like teams that um, are on rolls, except if you're a fan of that team. So I think then it starts to go against Mahomes, and so, go so, against yeah, Kansas so,
1: City. So why would the NFL want the Chiefs to win? Then? The NFL, the yeah, the 49ers to me the are the better NFL story. You've got Mr. Irrelevant. If Mr. I was just Irrelevant bring that wins up. the game, like that's the NFL, that's the great underdog story uh, rather than the, the Kansas City Chiefs. So why would the NFL want the Chiefs to win?
0: No, I th- yeah, I mean, I think that's much a hoo-hoo. But uh, as far as... Well, you just said there was truth to it when I said that. <laughs> to what? You know why I just said that? You go, I think there is some truth to that. Did I say that? <laughs> yes. Probably yeah. because probably I'm working on trying to get Butch Jones <laughs> in the <here>. air. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of said something there. No, no, it there's happened. no truth to that. It's a bunch of BS. I'm sorry. I'm trying to work two things at once. But the Purdy story is interesting because again, with Bronck Purdy, there are there are haters out there. I, I don't understand. We usually love a good underdog story, right? In this country, Americans, we love it. Mm-hmm. Team USA knocking off, you know, the win the, go well. They want to beat the USSR in the uh, silver medal game. Was it? Bronze medal game, whatever oh it was. God. Bronze, bronze. Yeah. I can't even remember anymore. But they went on to win the Miracle on Ice. And we love the underdog story. So Brock They Pur- beat them
1: in the semifinal, and then they went on to win the gold medal game.
0: Semis, yeah.
1: They went not to play the bronze medal game, and then play I the gold know, medal game. I know,
0: whatever the hell it was. The semis, and then... I'm just saying it wasn't the, the finals. It was... Uh, who do we beat? Finland in the final? Whatever it was, the point is, we love underdogs for the most part. But for Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant... He's got to be one of the biggest underdogs ever in sports, period, no matter what the sport is, yet there are a lot of haters out there. They want him to have a bad game. They want him to struggle. And when he does, they're all over it. I don't get it. It's not like he's my favorite quarterback. I couldn't care less. I'm not a 49ers fan. But you got to give credit where credit's due. To be in the position that he is in, in two seasons? Remember he got hurt last year, late in the postseason. Brock Purdy has been, you can't even even put a value on him for a guy who was not in the plans. They could tell you anything they want. Kyle Shanahan can say anything he wants about his future. Oh, we knew that Purdy was going to be, he'd be lying through his teeth. They didn't know. They went out, they took a flyer on the guy, and this is what he has become. All right, um... He is coming out of a meeting. He'll join us in just a second. We'll take a quick timeout. Before we do so, I want to tell you about Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, where you can dine in or carry out no-contact delivery. Have them cater the big uh, the big game this weekend. You got a big game party? Have Corky's cater. They've been catering for as long as they've been in existence, and that is four decades. Poplar Avenue in Memphis, Poplar Avenue in Collierville, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. You can also reserve their private party room at either the Cordova or the Olive Branch locations for that great queue. Also for the award-winning catfish plates, they got great burgers and tamales, cheese and sausage plates, barbecue nachos, the best rolls that you get with your entrees. It is Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. While you're there, pick up a Corky's gift card. Always a nice little gift for someone in your family. All right, we're going to uh, not take a timeout. We'll come back here in just, uh, just a second here. Butch is going to join us to talk about his relationship with Travis Kelsey. He's the head coach of the Arkansas State football team, friend of the show. He is Butch Jones, who joins us now on Sports 56 Mornings. Hey, Coach.
3: Good morning. I appreciate the opportunity to talk football and Travis and all that with you guys this morning.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. I know you are in meetings and you popped out of your meeting to be with us, so I appreciate that. But, you know, for those who don't know, um, obviously you had coached at Cincinnati uh, Travis had been there, I believe, for one season, and you got a chance to coach Travis. Before I ask you about your relationship and, and, and how that went, obviously it started off a little bit rocky with the suspension. If you can uh, you know, tell everybody about that as you took over that job at Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, well, you know, coming in as a new coach, uh, that year they went to the Sugar Bowl, played the University of Florida, and we had some cultural things that we need to clear up, but when you go to bowl games, you're tested by the NCAA, and, uh, you know, it's very well documented. Travis made a, a bad choice and decision, and so he was one of the individuals that was randomly selected by the NCAA to drug test, and he failed it. So he was, uh, when you fail an NCAA sanctioned drug test, you're ineligible uh, for the entire year the following year. So, you know, with Travis, uh, he kind of fancied himself as a quarterback, So it's an opportunity to really experiment with him at the tight end position. And then he had some expectations and some guidelines that he had to meet. And uh, so, you know, we went through that year and then he came in and we moved him to tight end and then he had some other mishaps along the way. And so, you know, as a coach, you're sitting there and, you know, one thing about Travis Kelsey, he's as good of a person as there is kind hearted, uh, cares about people. And uh, he was just at times put himself in bad situations we always say show me your future and show me your friends and we'll show you your future and uh so you know as a coach you're sitting there and you see a lot of good but he needed to change his ways and so sometimes you have to take something from them to make them realize what they had and so that's when we suspended him. and uh you know it's well documented espn came in and did an e60 with him and jason and all that but um, you know, so he had to meet some criteria. He had to have a 3.0 in the spring semester. He couldn't miss a class. We would check classes. And uh, so we had to be accountable in everything. And in Travis fashion, I believe he had a 3.2. Uh, he attended every class. And I think really the, the, the greatest story behind all this is he changed his ways. We had a group of United States military come in and, and really train our, our players and our team and leadership growth and development, and they they go out, and it's kind of shared chaos, it's shared adversity. And at the end, we've used them everywhere we've been. They said, Coach, you may not want to hear this, but the leader of your football team is Travis Kelsey. Everybody follows him. And I would tell you, I looked at them, and I said, there's no way. And (laughs) they were exactly right. He is one of the most dynamic leaders I've ever been around. He was our face of toughness. He set the standard and expectations. And, you know, for how far this individual has come, I'm exceptionally proud of him every day.
1: So seeing that and realizing that part of it, but as a player, did you see a Hall of Fame NFL tight end?
3: Well, I will tell you this. He's about as talented of an athlete as I've ever been around. And I I always joke about this, he would have went out for the basketball team, he would have started at forward. If he would have went out for the baseball team, he probably would have been a starting pitcher or first baseman. Very, very talented, uh, very instinctful when it comes to any type of sport. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. Monday Night Football came in here about a month ago and did a segment on him and Jason and all the different things. But we were doing a team-building session uh, in the offseason, and so we had a three-point shot contest. And... As a challenge, they would have to face me in front of the team in the finals. And uh, Travis obviously won uh, with the competition with the team, but he chose to shoot left-handed against me, and he made just about every shot. And uh, so I think that speaks volumes of just, you know, sheer talent and ability. And I think on top of his ability, he is a fierce, fierce competitor.
0: So Travis was talking to Maria Taylor from NBC, and I'm not sure when this interview took place, but I, I think she was a little drawn back, a little surprised when, I guess, they asked uh, about their favorite, his favorite coach, and it was not Andy Reid, it was you, Butch, and he quoted you, a couple of different things that you said while you were there. Why so much respect? Obviously, you had the respect for him, but the, the respect is mutual. What is it that um, the impression that you were able to uh, to get from Travis Kelsey to kind of change his ways and and go on the straight and narrow and and put his uh, you know his football career at number one and, and then turn into the player he has? What is it about you that got things turned around for him?
3: Well, I think first of all it's a trust factor, and uh, you know it wasn't about football at that point in time. I knew Travis could be a great football player. It was all about life and getting him you know, squared around going in the right direction. And there's always been a lot of good in Travis. Uh, There's just times that he made some some bad choices. And a lot of times it was just who he chose to hang out with. But I think he knew that I genuinely cared about him. And it was more than just football. I think, you know, we pushed him and, and drove him to be great. And really to him, he listened. You know, when you look at all the different things, whether it's on him and his brother's podcast or, You know, if it's on the Pat McAfee show, you know, you look at all the things that he still goes back that we talked about that we have in our culture of any program we've been, he always refers back to that training. And to me, that's exciting. That's what coaching is. You know, when you really look at coaching, the definition of coaching is creating change. And uh, I'm most prideful with with Travis because we created change. But really, he's the one who did it. Uh, But we are, we're exceptionally close. You know, he's one of those individuals that I know personally. If I ever needed anything, he'd be one of the first people that I would call.
1: So what's your, uh, are you a big Taylor Swift fan? That's really the big question then.
3: <laughs> you know, everybody asked <laughs> me that. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to uh, follow her now a little bit, to be honest with you. As a football coach, you kind of live in a shell. <laughs> and so uh, I didn't know all the things that she's accomplished. And obviously last night was a big night for her as well. But, uh, you know, really didn't follow her much, so obviously with Travis, I kind of have, have followed her a little bit more. So I'm becoming uh, more of a fan than when I was.
0: <laughs> so, Butch, how would you defend Kelsey if you were <laughs> on the other side? You were Shanahan and his defensive coordinator, is that Steve Wilkes, I believe. How would you defend Travis Kelsey if you were coaching against him this Sunday?
3: Boy, that's a great question. Uh, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I think, you know, Travis is elite at a lot of different things. And I think that's what makes him a matchup issue, a matchup problem for a defense because he's extremely athletic. He can run. He can jump. Uh, you know, he, he uses his size to his advantage. You know, he's able to, to make the contested catches, but I think really you got to get on, you got to get on him early in the down early in the play and what I mean by that is you know you can't give him space to run routes and use his athleticism and he's always going to be a, a mismatch when he's when he's matched up against a linebacker but I think you got to change the looks up you know obviously it starts with the pressure of the quarterback but I think you got to change the look up looks up but when you're an elite player like that it's hard to defend you know I think what you got to try to do is contain him and not let him beat you with explosive plays. But, you know, that's the thing that makes Travis different is, you know, he can high point the ball. He can go up. He gets back to his basketball skills, his athletic ability. He can do the run after the catch. So I think you really got to change up some of the looks and know that you're probably not going to stop him. Mm-hmm. You just got to contain him.
1: Did you, you had Jason for one year, is that correct?
3: We did. Um, we had Jason, and, you know, Jason was – instrumental too in getting getting Travis turned around and you know when you talk about big brother love yeah. uh, I don't have ever experienced anything quite like that and I think you can tell like when you see those guys together and hugging on each other and all that that's authentic that's not for show and I think that's the biggest thing is when Travis and Jason speak that's who they are and uh, they're very authentic people but you know Travis the amount of respect and fear that he has for Jason is second to none so
1: so the guy who was shirtless pounding beers was the good influence
3: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what? there's one thing you can tell about both of them they do not lack a personality <laughs> no that's and for sure you're going to know exactly where you stand with jason he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks and he's going to be him and uh you know so when he's pounding beers and he has his shirt off that's jason and you know he talked about that I think the first time that he actually met Taylor so that was her first impression of him <laughs> but he's going to be him he is who he is
0: and that's why that podcast is so successful do you uh, how how often do you get a chance to talk to him or text back and forth
3: uh we text quite frequently and uh you know i just had a feeling he was going to have a breakout game uh last, you know 2 weeks ago or when they played in the championship, the FC championship game, and I hadn't spoken to him to a while, so I was kind of getting after him in a text message, and, uh, you know, he, he uh, calls me boss man, he's like, boss man, I've been really <laughs> focused, trying to put everything into this game, boom, 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 trying to stay motivated, so it just so happened, I was working on a clinic talk about style of play, and tight end play, and all the different things, and I had one clip of Travis when we were at Cincinnati when we uh, beat Virginia Tech, and there was a clip where he ran a vertical route, and then uh, he transitioned into the blocking phase and pancaked the defenders, so I made sure that I videoed, videoed it on my phone, and I sent it to him, and I said, don't forget this is what got you
0: there. Mm-hmm.
3: So I think there's little things that we go you know, back and forth from a motivational standpoint as well.
0: By the way, before we let you go, I haven't really looked uh, clearly and thoroughly through the rosters. Any of your other former players at all playing in this game?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, the exciting thing, too, is a great story is the starting right guard, Trey Smith, uh, who we had at Tennessee. That's right. I love him so much and his sister, and, you know, if you remember, he was the number one player in the country and we've been through a lot, so we, we, we talk almost as much as Travis and I do, and really exciting about his journey and then on the san francisco 49ers we have Juwan jennings who played receiver for us and been very fortunate in the last uh nine years seven of those nine years we've had at least one player or more uh, that's been in the super bowl so it's been it makes watching the super bowl quite interesting
0: well, enjoy the game. It certainly will be for you, Butch, and we always appreciate it. Uh, I know you got spring football coming up right around the corner for the Red Wolves. We'll be talking to you soon and over the summer about the uh, twenty-four season, but really appreciate you spending some time with us.
3: Well, you guys have a great Monday, and I always appreciate the opportunity, and Wolves up.
0: Thank you, Coach. Butch Jones, the head coach of the Arkansas State Red Wolves, on his experience coaching the Kelsey boys. I had something pulled up, and the darn music kept... I couldn't get the music off, but there was I mean, I, i'm like yeah i can't control this thing but there was a quote he had this great quote that jason that travis kelsey uses all the time i i he was referring to pat McAfee's show i watched this it was last week he was on and he re, and he brought up that quote that butch jones cuz butch has some <laughs> some unique quotes right
1: was it one brick at a time <laughs> no it wasn't uh. brick,
0: it was one brick at a time it was one where it really okay it makes a lot of sense and obviously he had an impact on on kelsey i was surprised to read that uh, when Maria Taylor asked him that question, he said, Butch Jones is you know, my favorite. Over <laughs> over Andy Reid, yeah, Butch Jones. So Butch Jones obviously had a huge impact on the Kelseys. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back and wrap it up. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. That quote was from Travis Kelsey about Butch Jones, actually Butch Jones, that Travis Kelsey uh, brought up on the uh, McAfee show. Um, if you're not fueling me you're draining me and what he means is if you walk into the room you know how is your demeanor how are you representing or how are you presenting yourself my favorite coach is butch jones he's one of my favorite guys ever there you go a lot of respect for butch
1: jones good for butch that sounds very butchy that uh, you're not fueling me you're draining me that sounds very much butch that is is on brand (laughs)
0: He had the the bricks, but the, who had the um? Who was the trash can quote?
1: It wasn't a trash can. They had the that was the turn. The they had the trash can on the sidelines for turnovers or whatever. That's it was. what it
0: was. Okay, yeah, that was Butch, though, right? Yes, that was when he was at Tennessee. Yeah, I don't know if he had that at Cincinnati as well.
1: The um, we we're talking earlier about Cliff Kingsbury going to the Commanders. Also had uh, Liam Cohen leaving the University of Kentucky going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now Kentucky got to find a new offensive coordinator. Of course, he had left once, went to the Rams, came back to Kentucky. Now he leaves again. Mm-hmm. So Mark Stoops has to find somebody um, for that offense. And then the Raiders pivot from Cliff Kings- Kingsbury to Luke Getzey guess they saw more with the bears offense than i did last year i don't like, i don't know like that seemed like that was la- i was not expecting that that would be the turn okay well let's go get the bears oc then
0: yeah i don't understand that one i saw that as well i mean it's disappointing because you zeroed in on kingsbury and they turned you down
1: he shut and- you for washington and so I wonder, I get, I wonder if Chip Kelly was really involved in any of this or if he and if he was, did he decide he didn't want to go do it or did they decide they didn't want Chip Kelly? Cause he was talked about with the Raiders. He was talked about with the commanders. And now again, they go with Luke getsy over him.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure how, how serious that was, but yeah, I saw his name up there in, in a bunch of stories I read. Here's the other thing. What's up with Eric B. Be- 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 Enemy now? Remember when Eric Bieniemy? the talk was, how is he not getting a head coaching job? Well, he must not interview really, really well. But look at what he's done with the offenses of Kansas City. And then, of course, you realize that the offense of Kansas City is because of Andy Reid. I'm not saying Bieniemy didn't certainly help the cause, but it's Andy Reid. Bieniemy goes to Washington. They're not good, but they weren't good anyway. And Andy Reid's got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again. So I don't know if this we wondered if it would hurt the enemy if he left Kansas City because he didn't get a head coaching gig at that moment to go to Washington. I don't has anybody hired him? So right now he's without a job. Went from he should be a head coach. Look at what he's doing with the offense to Kansas at Kansas City to now being on the outside looking in. And yet Getze is the guy that the Raiders go with when you could have grabbed the enemy.
1: Again, the Raiders are the Raiders. They're going to raid her? They're going to raid her. They're going to raid the Bears. (laughs) Seems like a genius move. Hey, there's one offense that's really been standing out these past few years. We need to get their quarterback. Go get the Bears guy. He's doing a great job. Really developed Justin Fields well. Everything's going well there. Let's go get him. Maybe they want to get Justin Fields too.
0: I don't know. I think they like their uh, O'Connell.
2: I don't know if Justin Fields would want to follow his offensive coordinator. <laughs> he might want to change as well.
1: That ensures that, that he's not going right. to the Raiders. He's like, hell of that. I'm tired of that place. I don't want him and I don't want Matt Nagy. I'm not going to the, the Chiefs, don't need him, so they're good. So, yeah, he's like, those are the places I don't want to go to. And
0: another guy you want to stay away from, I think, not because he hadn't had success as a coordinator, but McDaniels. I think that. And they already tried that one, the Raiders. I think that uh, that trip's over.
1: Folks, for Valentine's Day, get on over to see the folks at Genesis Diamonds. Right now, you buy jewelry at Genesis Diamonds for this Valentine's Day. They're going to throw in flowers, chocolate, and dinner for free. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. You go buy the, the jewelry. You're going to get the flowers, the chocolates, and the dinner thrown in by Genesis Diamonds At no charge. That's whether you spend $199, $199, $199,000, whatever you spend, whatever budget, they're giving you the flowers, the chocolates, and a gift card for dinner at Restaurant Iris absolutely free at Genesis Diamonds. So stop wasting time. you got to get that shopping done for Valentine's Day. It's a week from Wednesday. Go to Genesis Diamonds, located Poplar and Perkins Extended.
0: All right, quick answer from both of you. Best head coaching hiring this offseason, NFL slash college football. Is it Harbaugh sure. with the Chargers? Harbaugh,
1: yeah. He's won everywhere he's been.
0: That'll do it for us today, folks. Thanks for listening. I want to uh, thank Butch Jones for joining us <laughs> tomorrow. Connor O'Gara on a lot of legal stuff that's going on in college football. Uh, Laird Beach will join us as well. Eight. 8:25 University of Memphis Athletics Director Zoe Goodson from Rhodes. We'll have Humdinger's Trivia. It's all coming up tomorrow on the program starting at 7 a.m. Well-known friends on Sports 56 is coming up next. For Eli Savoy, for Zach Boyd, for Brian Dacus, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody. Don't stop, believe